Welcome to a new podcast where we're breaking through and breaking it down with a new girl, your host, Dawn Piercy. Welcome to a new podcast. My name is Dawn Piercy. I am your host and I am delighted to bring you today the one and only Scott Page. You may know him Yeah, he's a musician, a technologist, an entrepreneur, and now he's CEO of Think EXP, which is a live immersive experience and media company. But you may know him from Pink Floyd, Toto, Super Tramp, and from working with Quincy Jones. Uh, Scott, welcome to new podcast. It's great to have you as a new guest. How are you doing? I'm excellent, and thank you very much for having me. This is yes, awesome. Yes, absolutely. Very thankful to be here. Well, I'm I'm thankful that you're here as well. Now, I, I've got to stop and say, as an entrepreneur and not just a musician, you have done so many wonderful things and very inspirational things at that. And I, I don't know where to start, so let's start a little bit at the beginning. Tell us how... Um, and when you knew that music was a part of you and, and how did that start and what was your inspiration behind it? Um, well, actually, I come from a musical family. My father uh, was a musician. Um, I grew up on a television show that he was on called The Lawrence Welk Show. Okay. So if you remember those remember Lawrence Welk, it was a, I believe it was Saturday or Sunday, Saturday night, I believe it was uh, one of the variety shows on that was when we had seven channels on television (laughs) back in the days it was it started out black and white so that tells you how far it goes back um but i grew up uh, around music and entertainment and i my father kind of he never pushed me i wasn't really interested in music but he said it was always a good way to you know kind of make a little extra money on the weekends and so you know play so so i played through the years to uh kind of keep him a little bit happy and i enjoyed it and i played uh some but then as i I started to be around it more, and I, I actually, one of my big claims of fame, I'm probably the only, I am the only person that's played on Pink Floyd and Lawrence Welk, which is a very interesting kind of a combination. Um, but I grew up um, around the music uh, through those years, and then I, later on, when I got into uh, high school, I was still playing, I was a trumpet player at those times. Okay. At that time, I got, in, I got into a band with Jeff Picaro and David Page uh, when we were kids, and those were the founders of Toto later on. Okay. So um, we had the we had a kid band at the time, and I was actually studying architecture through that whole period. And I was studying. I was actually a draftsman in in at the end of high school, going into college. Uh, and I got in this band, and all of a sudden we started winning all the battle of the bands, and things were happening. And I realized, wait a minute, I'm back here drinking coffee, drawing all day long. When here I get to play these gigs, and there's girls in the front row. So I changed <laughs> my whole thing. I said, I'm going to be a musician now. Uh, and so I really started getting into it at that time and then, uh, just started, I was not very good because I was just got out of high school and was going into college. Um, so I just studied like crazy. I actually took my drafting skills, became a music copyist because in those days there were no computers and we had to, you know, the composer right. would hand you a score and you'd have to write out the first trumpet part, the second trumpet. Part. So I used my drafting skills so that I could um, do that job. And I became a music copyist, kept me around the business and then kind of just kept focusing on music. But it was really that period of time in that band that really got me into it. Um, I and also, as I was growing up, my father was the first to uh, start all the amplified instruments. He was a serial entrepreneur. Okay. And 
he's actually uh, pretty well known for the fact that he was one of the guys that, that developed the Wawa pedal, which is one of the, you know, classic pedals still to this day from Jimi Hendrix, one of the great, you know, guitar pedals that's uh, there. Mm-hmm. And then we had a studio that he started, which was called the Vox Sound Lab, which then became Sound City. And there's a documentary about that studio now that Dave Grohl from the Foo Fighters just did because he bought the console and stuff out of this very famous studio. So my whole thing was being around music and mm-hmm. my dad being a serial entrepreneur. I kind of been on both sides of the fence and I kind of equate that to him and being around him. Okay. Okay. Nice. Now, what what can you tell us about your focus as an entrepreneur, I know that you were working with the Walt Tucker Productions and which for yeah. our audience, that is a video post production company, if you're unaware yeah. of that. And you also co-founded the seventh level, uh, it's, which is an educational software corporation right. um, and a CD-ROM game. Now, yeah. tell us a little bit about that and about where you are now and um, a little bit about New Media Broadcasting Company and Think okay. XP, EXP. So what had happened was is um, my dad, I grew up being around my dad. We had we had boat businesses, candy businesses, lighting businesses, uh, uh, a reed business, the amplified instrument. We had all these businesses as I was growing up. So I was constantly around the idea of entrepreneurship. Um, so I always loved the idea of business. Um, mm-hmm. uh, during that time, I'd started this company, which you said, Walt Tucker, which was my first one, which is an audio video post post-production. And I had a merchandising business and there I had a, I had a big hundred by 50 foot recording studio, live recording studio on top of that. So I was really around building out, uh, kind of the idea of a full stack, kind of, a, a record label at that time. Then I saw CD-ROM come along. It finally came along, and I did my first CD-ROM, which was uh, in 1990. It was called Music Bites, and it was the actually it was a um, uh, a title that basically was all these music clips that people, that computer users, could use with their presentations for business people. Because back in the day, then you know that was a 386, 25 megahertz windows machines uh presentations were starting to happen but there was no music that you could use on those so we saw that and i saw that opportunity and um we built our first cd on music bites and i was actually in las vegas during the um uh comdex which was at the time the largest technology trade show in the world i was sitting there with my buddy uh, jeff baxter from the doobie brothers we both worked on this project together so we were there promoting it and i saw this uh something on a screen on a computer screen across the room. So on my break, I walked over and I looked at it and it was a title called just grandma and me. And what it was, was a children's title, but it was the very first time I'd ever saw somebody take a mouse and click on an object and it would move, you know? So it was a living book they talk about. And at that moment, I basically saw my future and I decided that that was where to go is in this uh, technology in the uh, interactive entertainment space. So I dove full, full into that. Uh, that night I met and who ended up being my business partner, a gentleman by the name of George Grayson, who at that time owned the 20th largest software company in the United States. I had just finished a big Pink Floyd tour. Mm-hmm. Luckily when I met him, he was a big Pink Floyd fan. So we had a great, we hit it off and uh, I started telling him what I was doing. He invited me out to his place. I flew to Dallas to hang out with him. And I started working on a project with him to build music for his company, Micrographics. They were going to put an audio library together for their graphics 
uh, tool sets. Uh, from there, I just, uh, I, I, my biggest claim to fame that I'm actually kind of most proud of is during that time, uh, right after we, uh, I did that project with him, we ended up starting the company Seventh Level together. Uh, my first thing is I did the uh, world's first interactive cartoon and it was called Toonland starting Howie Mandel. And uh, basically, there's around 11 million units of that product out there. It was a huge, huge seller and mm -hmm. took the company public. Uh, we became a NASDAQ company because of that. And I was in the game industry. So from there, I really focused on being that liaison between technology and entertainment. Because in the tech space, it's so different. Engineers and stuff, they really mm -hmm. are. It's either on or off. It's it's. Yes or no. There's no gray area in right. the entertainment space. You know, we, we always put our thumb up and we're we're <laughs> trying to yeah, like thumb up uh, to try to like test something and change it, right. and whittle it. Well, it, technology doesn't like that. They want it to be very hardcore spec into it. So I started becoming that sort of person that understood between both sides. And since seventh level, um, I had launched. I've launched uh, several, three, four, three more other companies in my new and think experience, and they're all tech companies. We had a mobile messaging media company, new media broadcasting. It built a, a tool set called Mashcast, which was, uh, um, if you think of an uh, instant messaging program, and mm -hmm. imagine two people have instant messaging, but it's, it's got a video editor and stuff in there. So today you're seeing more of this. So you can basically, in an instant message world you're able to create content layers like animation i love that and all that and it was really cool it was just a little early unfortunately for its time it's like oh. perfect for right now everybody's right. using it right i was like wait yeah. i can use that where can i get it scott yeah where can no, I, was, get it? <laughs> I know it's really sad that unfortunately we oh. we didn't get to really take it to the full extent but it was an incredible project and uh it really is interesting to kind of see the future of where things have gone because we were kind of pioneering back in the day. Absolutely. Um, and it kind of reminded me when you're talking about the big box computer. I remember having an old Apple and a Commodore back in like 1980s. And mm -hmm. it kind of reminded me of like uh, a step-by-step -step PowerPoint, but something completely different when you were talking about being able to put the presentations together. That's that's what I thought of. You're thinking ahead of your well, time. Was, yeah, what was interesting was, is I'd be mashing, it was a mash, I could be mashing content real time with people all over the world. So it was interesting, I'd slide a background in and some guy in Indonesia would throw in a, another asset and then somebody else oh. from uh, Lithuania would throw something right. in. It was really wild to be collaborating creative art pieces with people all over the world in real time. And it was it was a trip because you'd see the cultures of that content of each other people making together. stuff. So it was real. It was really interesting. So we we're mashing all kinds of stuff together. Yep, That's so awesome. Is yep. there is there anything that you're working on behind the scenes that you can tell us about? And then also behind the scenes of you right now, there's a beautiful purple angel that I would love oh, for you angel. to tell us about. Oh, my angel. Yes. So. This is called the Angel of Now, and it's uh, it was it was part of a project uh, that was going around Los Angeles at the time called Community of Angels. It was a fundraiser, and so I sponsored this angel. Um, basically, I've taken a pretty heavy spiritual path through the years, right. and all about now and the present. So I wanted to create this angel, and uh, so we built this. We did this. We actually was painted up at Universal City Walk. The artists sat there, and we had all these booths for kids making little angels. And we turned it into a fundraiser uh, to help a children's organization. 
And so what I've done is I oh maybe somebody hello you there? I'm here. We okay, got you. The phone <laughs> the phone rang for a second, then I lost you. Um, so we what I the, the the whole plan for this angel is that I, on the back, which you can't see, I had all these little hearts made, and I'm having all these famous celebrities paint their own little pictures and doodles on these hearts and sign them. And there's enough space for 60 of them on the back. I'm about 25 in. When I finally get it to 60, uh, I'm gonna we'll put all the all the hearts on the back of it, and then I'm going to auction it off uh, for charity. I love that. That's, Absolutely yeah. love it. Now, is there anything else that you may be working on behind the scenes that you can fill us in on? Uh, well, my new venture is called Think Experience, and I'm very excited about this. Uh, we're now moving into a world where everything is about the experience. So yes. Think is a uh, an, an immersive entertainment company. And if you know, I mean, if you look at the music business today, especially, you can't sell music anymore. That game's over. Nobody buys downloads. It's, it's all streaming very difficult to make any money streaming today i you know to make five thousand dollars you have to have a million streams and if you look at spotify i think i read numbers not too long ago that said less than two percent of the entire spotify catalog will reach a million streams so music in general is really tough to sell so what can you sell today as an artist that's the problem i was trying to figure out um and what you can sell is two things the experience and the relationship Mm -hmm. So building this immersive entertainment space is really where we're, we're finding out people are looking for experiences that they can go do and share with their friends. We're seeing things like the Museum of Ice Cream, which is a pop-up, which I people are coming that. to. And they go, they take selfies and they go through. It's a real experience. And like Tacotopia. So, I want to check that out. We'll see what I mean. It's those kinds of things, right? So Think Experience has really been focused on that area. And what we've done, our first Think Experience is is a think floyd experience so we've been doing pink floyd in a 300 a 360 degree immersive visual dome roughly oh. 500 people laying on everything from these special beds that connect to the music to you know they can wear headphones it's like a whole experience where you're completely immersed in visuals and we're playing pink floyd with a an all-star band myself uh, from floyd and um uh uh, Stephen Perkins from Jane's Addiction and Nord mm -hmm. Fisher from Fishbone. And so it's kind of a, a makeup of a whole bunch of great players from all these great bands. And we've been doing this. And now we're uh, starting to take it further. But the whole concept of an immersive entertainment is the minute you buy the ticket, the experience starts. Because now we have AR, VR. And where you know, is visuals. this? Where is this? Well, currently we've been working, at, we've been doing this in a place in downtown Los Angeles okay. called Wisdom LA. Wisdom LA. It's an immersive theme park basically art park that has uh several of these domes set up and uh so we've been working there we launched and opened that park for them and we've done now like 25 26 shows pretty much sold them all out uh we now know people love that experience they love to come um and they come back which right. is great right which is because it's such a unique thing for them to do so i'm really excited about that company we have some very exciting things coming up on the uh uh, on the future here, uh, it's all based on a thing I did 26 years ago called the Grand Scientific Musical Theater. And where we're bringing all these tech companies together to bring all the latest technologies for entertainment for people to experience. And that's part of the experience. Mm -hmm. they, come to the, they come to the tech circus and then they also come to our show. So it's a whole thing with the idea of it's kind of like Cirque du Soleil meets TED Talks meets Burning Man. 
right? So it's a whole traveling show that we're actually building right now. We'll have some exciting, uh, some things coming up here pretty soon that we'll be talking about. We can't okay. talk about it just yet. Okay. It's exciting. But what you can do is tell us about the Hang Dynasty. That's what you can oh my do, God. Scott. So the Hang, actually, the Hang Dynasty is something. Boy, that Hang Dynasty now is probably, ooh, I'd have to say almost 30 years old, 30, 40 years we've been doing this. It's been, we started that years ago. And the Hang Dynasty is really uh, a lot of my friends. It's like all these great musicians from every band, from the Doobie Brothers to the Tower of Power to, uh, you know, uh, you know, Phil Collins, Peter Gabriel, but all these guys, we come together and we do the Hang Dynasty. We only do um, certain kinds of gigs. We'll get called possibly, you know, we'll do a handful of gigs a year, maybe uh, mostly big corporate events like mm -hmm. for companies like Microsoft or, you know, varieties of those type of tech companies where they want to bring in a kind of a special act. And we go in there and we play. So it's uh, it's just my sort of what I call my all star band of great players. And we have a blast. Nice. Now I want to yeah. ask, I know that life always comes up for everybody and you're such an inspirational person. You've done so much. Has there ever been any time in your life, any time to where you've had a snag and, and you've had to fight to get through it? And what was that experience like for you? How did you overcome because I want to be able to share the inspiration so other people can get out of their snacks. Well, first of all, yes, like everybody, life happens. And I, there's no question, there have been times that I've been pretty beat up, um, extremely beat up. But for me, it's the best thing that ever happened to me. Because what happened when I got so beat up, I finally decided to take an inward look a journey inward as yeah. opposed to the outside world. And because of that pain and suffering that I was going through at one time, it drove me to look for something different, which was the best thing that ever happened. So my, you know, for me, I've always realized since then that there's always an upside in down, no matter what it is. I don't care what it is. It could be the most horrific, horrible thing. If you look deep enough, there is a seed of grace in that. And taking that inward journey is probably the most important thing. Well, not probably. It is the most important thing in my life, and I guarantee it's the most important thing to everybody if they get to that point. So right. the suffering was the suffering is really a uh, an opportunity if you look at it that way. Some people go suffer and they go into despair, and then the, the ego and the mind just makes you go crazy. Because one one of the things that people that once you realize this one fundamental thing and you really know it as truth, and that's this, it's really simple. Right now, the only thing that's real is you and me talking. Yes. Right? You're everything absolutely else, right. Everything else is an illusion. Two minutes ago when I was talking to you, it's just an illusion. It's just yep. a memory, right? Two it minutes is. from now, I have no idea, right? So when you realize that's the case, that all this despair that you go through in your head is really just you're identified with your thoughts. Mm -hmm. So what I try to tell people is anytime you feel any pain, any anxiety, tension, or fear, it's unless you're being chased by a lion or something crazy that's happening. It's all made up. It's, it's all made up. It you're, is. You're identifying what's going on with a thought in your head because the reality is I'm sitting here talking, drinking my thing of bulletproof right now, talking to you, and that's it. That's all that's real, right? So once i started to learn that i started to realize that the outcome doesn't matter it's all about the ride nothing matters the, ride, the, the outcome is it makes no sense 
because it will never happen exactly the way you think about it. And that's the problem. The suffering is, is you put your ideas on these big goals and you strive and you feel really good as you're going for it. And the whole point is to do it right now. The right. whole point so, is to take those little steps and do it right now. Yeah. Well, I mean, again, it, it's really easy to maintain a positive, an upbeat attitude and maintain what's happening in your life. That is, if you're constantly monitoring yourself, so that if I, as soon as I move here, am I still happy? <laughs> am I still, <laughs> is still okay? Is it okay? Because I'm managing that right, right. now. It's when I go into this mental thing. So for me, the inspiration, I can't, all I can say is the most important thing anybody can do is take that inward journey. Start looking inside and try to figure out who you really are. Because that's really the, 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 the quest of life is who am I, right? Who am I really? Amen. Most people say no. And, and the key is this, to die before you die. And I mean by that, that means you have to surrender to what is. Because you, anything else is futile. And I mean, surrender it because life happens. If it happened, it was meant to happen. It already happened. You can't change it, right? So to pick up, my car just got smashed, to be all disgusted and feel like crazy and all this stuff and beat myself up for two weeks and I'm all worried about my new car and everything is insane. It's insane because it already happened. So it does no good to try to do that other than the suffering. So you need right. to learn to just surrender to what is. Whatever happens, happens. Let it go. Always look for the upside and everything that's down, because I guarantee you the worst thing in the world can be the greatest gift of all time. I can tell you, honestly, holding my mother for her last breath was one of the most beautiful things that I've ever been through. Not in the sense that, of course, I lost my mom. Well, I don't think you die, but right. I think it was it was obviously very sad at the time, but it was such a gift that I had received from her because of where she took me presence, that state that brought me to another place. It's the greatest gift. So even the worst things in the world can be the best things that ever happen if you look at it that way. Yes. So it's really about flipping your your switch, right? In the darkness, and, uh, you find your light. It's it's where it at it's where it's at. So suffering yep. can be a good thing. Yep. Now what I want to ask you. Okay. Now I know we talked a little bit how the music industry has changed. It's right. really hard to do anything. If there is one yep. thing that you could change in the music industry today, Scott, what would it be and why? Change. What would I change? I, you know, um, I think that what would be interesting is if the, uh, probably that I think the industry would kind of go back to looking at really focusing on the art as opposed to just the business aspect of it. Mm -hmm. um, I find so many people now are looking at, you know, if you're a label today and you're looking, they don't, their, their new A&R is really how many followers do you have and how engaged are they? Even if you're really good or not, it doesn't matter. If you have the right audience, you have the right thing, the labels, yeah. the people will invest in you because you have audience. Because in today's world, whoever owns the audience wins, right? It's not like before. And what's, what's great about today which I believe is, with, without a doubt, in my mind, the greatest time in history for the independent artist. Uh, it's, and the reason I say that is, is because I have a tool, the thing that I'm talking to you on is my, you know, 24 seven broadcast network. I can go on Twitter and two o'clock in the morning, it's like a cocktail party. I can start talking to people, <laughs> be building relationships and yeah. doing things. 
And I believe that, you know, there's a model called the Thousand True Fans. Uh, it was coined by a guy named Kevin Kelly years ago from Wired Magazine. And a true fan is somebody that will spend $100 a year on it. If I have 1,000 of those people, there's my first $100,000 in revenue. Then I would scale. So, so the whole model is really about um, a process that I, I put to what I, what I, what I call, because I'm big on startup, right? I love startup companies. And I teach that. I even taught it out at USC a few years ago. Uh, a process I call SPACE. Okay. And that stands for Story, Plan, Army, Conversion, Education. The story is critical. And what I mean by that, so if I was consulting an artist, first of all, every artist, you're an you're a, you're a startup business. Mm -hmm. You have to think like that. You know, and, and you know, I talk, the first thing I ask an artist, I say, what problem do you solve? You tell that to an artist, you go, huh? The artist says, wait a minute, I smoke fatties and write songs all day long. I don't, that's what we need. Well, today, it's all about well, first of all, any startup company that's coming out, if you're Silicon Valley company, it's all about mm -hmm. what problem it's all. And so by figuring it out in a sense, that, and I don't mean you have to go out and uh, solve the biggest problem, but something that people care about, right? right? What else can you get yourself into so that you can be more than just, hey, I'm a music, buy my music, see my stuff, right? Because again, models different when you're trying to find like-minded community. So the story mm -hmm. is all about uh, what do I stand for? And if I right. can stand for something and have my story has around a lifestyle, whatever it is, that starts giving me the data that I need so that I can use growth hacking techniques and technology to go find my audience that cares about that story. Right. Right. Once I, so that's the difference today. We have access to data and we have access to the audience like we've never had before. So it completely changes the game uh, for the artists, but artists have to get educated. So from story, it goes to plan. And what I teach artists is uh, the concepts of lean startup principle. That's a movement that's going on. It's used in Silicon Valley all the time. The lean startup uh, principles is a, there's a book called Lean Startup. Uh, the whole idea of lean startup is to make the smallest thing you can that you can actually scale, figure out what you're not going to do, what you're going to do, uh, test and validate everything, fail fast. Because if your idea is going to go, if it's not going to happen, you want to fail fast so you right. can switch your strategy, right? So I, I suggest people to go learn about Lean Startup. There's a, I'll just give it out there in case anybody cares. Uh, there's a thing called the Lean Canvas. And the Lean Canvas is a one-page business plan. You can get this at leanstack.com, leanstack.com. And you sign up, get your thing. It's nine questions. It's a simple, it's a, a one-page business plan, but it teaches you a whole lot. Okay. You know, because what happens is you need to answer those questions if you're going into business. I use it with every artist, mm -hmm. every company I consult with, things that I do, because it helps you define what you're doing and what you're not doing. And I'll put a link in for our audience, too. I'm going to put this link in Scott's bio page, um, probably above his music. So... When you're after the interview, be sure to check those links out because they will be available. Scott, for yeah. our listeners, where can okay. they follow you to keep up with everything that you've got going on? My, my social media is all I am Scott Page. I am Scott Page. So Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, I am Scott Page. That's okay. the best place to kind of follow me. Yep. And, uh, you know, 
DM me. I try to talk to people. I talk to as many people as I possibly can. Um, I'm always there to try to help. I really want to help young entrepreneurs kind of navigate this field uh, using the space principle. And, you know, I'm happy to help anybody I can. Love some it. advice and for our audience, you get a lot of arrows in your back when you're uh, when you try to pioneer stuff. oh i know right and, and yeah. for our audience i've put those links there for you as well scott if you've had one thing that you would want to say to the world what would it be um well i think i've already said it we need to start looking inward and start being more kind to everybody and start to realize because i mean one of the saddest things that's happening right now and i'm just going to say the politically correct movement is killing society and it's silencing and it's completely censoring everybody from talking i don't know if you've tried to talk to people on anything anymore especially if you have a different political view you just it's it's very sad what's going on so if i could tell anybody take an inward journey and start being a little more kind that's all I can say and not take take all this stuff so serious. I have a question from a fan that came in. Okay. Um, his name on Twitter is Antarchitect and his okay. question is, Scott, if there is one thing, oh, wait a minute, hold on. No, that's the one I just asked you. Okay, here it is. <laughs> okay. Ah. <laughs> okay, he Perfect. wants to know. Where did you record Dogs of War, and who was in the studio with you? Oh, gosh. Okay, so, it, I, you know, it's funny. Somebody was asking me about that, which studio it was in. Um, I, You know, I don't really remember which studio that was in, actually, but it was in Los Angeles. Uh, Bob Ezrin was there, who produced it. Uh, mm-hmm. David Gilmore was there. Uh, I believe James Guthrie was there, the engineer, and a couple other seconds. But it was pretty much that that those group of guys there. Yeah. Okay. I'm sorry, I can't remember. I don't remember if it was at A and M or, gosh, I just don't, I don't remember exactly. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> That's okay. And for our audience, if you like this episode, uh, be sure to like. Okay. Comment so you can interact with us. Share so other people can enjoy it. Subscribe to keep up with all a new guest. And Scott, I want to thank you so much for being a new guest on a new podcast. It's really been a pleasure thank having you. you on. Absolutely. Um, welcome. I'd love to have you back on in the future again sometime. And uh, Anytime. <laughs> for our audience, if, if you feel fit to buy me a cup of coffee for bringing you these episodes once a month, you can do so at our anchor.fm platform under a new podcast. And this podcast is available on Celebre.media. Check the TV guide for showings, listings, and times. iHeartRadio, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and most of your favorite streaming platforms. This is Don Piercy signing off and Scott Page. Until next time. Thank you time, very much, Don. Keep it Bye-bye. real.